from Girl Boss Pillars, and they are toxic positivity. Oh, I have that. Yes. Okay. Hustle culture. Yep. <laughs> Quasi religious. They're either Christian or Mormon. Yeah, but it just some, they always have like a hint of religion, but they always like claim to be like we're Christian, but spiritual, spiritual, religious <laughs> behavior. Yes. Uh huh. And then uh, borrowing content. <laughs> <laughs> I think that runs against people call like plagiarism, but different. Like, I wish you know, my English know. professor called it borrowing content. Borrowing without content. citation. So tell me what was on your list of your girl boss pillars. <laughs> So they definitely are with the, what you said, the um, toxic positivity, which is white privilege, basically, disguised as this hustle culture where if you pull yourself by your bootstraps, I feel like it all just comes from Republican ideology, really. Um, the other thing... Yes. If you really work hard and you are white and privileged and your husband's a former Disney executive, then it can be easy for you too. Why are you not all going to the Oscars? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand why you don't have someone cleaning your toilets twice a week. Um, when you did it's it all me. Yourself. No, one, no one helped you. You did it all yourself. She did. You know, Except yeah. for when her team posts something, then she didn't do it herself. <laughs> we accidentally post a Maya Angelou quote and <laughs> act like you said it, then it's your team's fault. But your other podcast with your husband is still based on that quote, because I think theirs was called Rise Together, their marriage advice podcast, which makes me laugh because I read an article about how her newest book, I Didn't See That Coming about how her broken life was in edits when she announced her divorce. And then she was still releasing relationship advice podcasts up until, so then they say they announced her divorce five weeks later and they're saying in their latest podcast, you just got to do the hard work. We're more in love than ever during pandemic. And they're like, Oh, our divorce announcement, we've been facing two hard years. Our marriage has been in shambles. You're like, what the? <laughs> Is that a fake? Intimacy, what is it? Fintimacy. <laughs> it's like the combination of I know there's all these buzzwords, but you got parasocial relationships. They try to have that parasocial relationship, like we are your marriage gurus, apropos nothing, except for we are married and you are not, and we are rich. And, <laughs> and you are not, and you should want to be married not. and rich. We're married and rich, so we are the end all be all. That seems to be they're just their attitude generally and i read a little bit about her background she was in california and she always goes back to i was a poor young woman that seems to be her go-to when she's accused of privilege is that because yes. she wasn't born with a silver spoon in her mouth that all her privilege now you know is because and, of her hard work mm -hmm. everyone loves an underdog story but that can't be your can't wipe away <laughs> So she was raised in, I think, the Bakersfield area because I bought her first book and read it. Oh, and wow. I used to okay. follow her on Instagram. And I remember one of my white friends in Illinois being like, don't you think she comes from a place of privilege? I was like, yeah, okay. And they made me examine, <laughs> which is hilarious. But she grew up in Bakersfield and she's the daughter of a Methodist preacher. 
And so she just came from a very strict religious background and she sees that as a struggle and they didn't have money. Lots of people don't have money. But then she also says like she had Bell's palsy and that was a struggle and her husband ex-husband now was difficult partner he treated her like shit in the beginning of the relationship yeah, so I, I don't listen to her but i listened to a podcast that reviewed her book and they went in on how she has all this advice about relationships and marriage but her that her marriage essentially started as age gap relationship he was in his there's a, yeah there's a big difference 19, between them and essentially she was a booty call oh yeah they weren't in a serious relationship until i don't know if she wore him down i don't know like she gave fine. him an ultimatum oh, I so in her ultimatum. book she says i finally gained self-respect and gave him an ultimatum and he finally started saying we were a couple in public we all go through relationship issues like that i've been through guys who don't want to label things especially in our 20s oh. i don't know i guess the way she frames it now she's just so smug about it all because it all turned out well for her well kind of i guess it's part of her toxic positivity habit i also watched like long youtube video about her that summed up everything her husband's a Disney executive and then she has this event production company that he basically mm-hmm. funded which is fine but then she didn't really blow up until she had this ig photo of her like in the bikini the with her stretch yeah. marks yeah which oh. was like back in the day it was back when instagram it's funny to look back at instagram when it first started, it wasn't serious. It was not serious photos. It was your food and landscapes. And I've now, gone back to my Instagram beginning and definitely edited the shit out of it. <laughs> so that's how she got on the map, basically, because she was on like Good Morning America, the Today Show, all that, because she posted a picture of her in her bikini on vacation on one of her many expensive vacations with stretch marks. She's a thin woman and she's, I used to be so overweight. She was like 20 pounds overweight. So that was her big thing of you can lose weight. And that's how I think it all started for her struggle. Yes. Her first struggle. The other thing I saw about her is that her husband refused to join her company unless she stepped down so he could be the CEO. Yep. I mean, I got a lot of feelings (laughs) about, I mean, that is, that seems to be like number one statute of girl boss at the very least you should be a figurehead for your girl boss company if you're gonna (laughs) girl boss from from morning to night i feel like one of the tenets of girl bossery is being just being a female but being just a tyrant a horrific boss doing all the same things that the male boss do that everyone hates you for but you're a woman so you just put lipstick on it and now you're a girl boss so in her doing that, she was like, there's no difference between girl boss. I'll be the Hollis, Rachel Hollis, but he's going to be the tyrant leader. Is Who they, cares? We're both yeah, terrible. Gatekeep, girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, when I see stickers of it or someone has them on their phone or something, I'm just like, we can't be friends. This I mean, would I, never yeah. work out. <laughs> girl boss, the thing is that it's, to me, it's so infantilizing. It's almost like girl crush. People are like, I've got a girl yes. crush. I'm like, you can just have a crush on them. It's fine. Just say I like them. Yeah, like <laughs> I like them. I have a crush. Like I say that about people. Like I'm jealous of them. I have a crush on them. Oh, like, absolutely. I've got, got a boy crush. I've got a girl crush. <laughs> like whatever. Okay, so I guess the other girl the tenet of girl boss and back to stupid Rachel Hollis. But so basically, Sophia Amoroso, how do you say it? Yeah, Sophia. Yeah. She coined the term or she stole it from a Betty Davis album, like a 1975 Betty Davis album, the term for it. And 
I feel like her brand of it compared to Rachel Hollis is so different because hers is more editorial and Rachel Hollis is like the red state Oprah. Yeah, she's like TJ Maxx, Ray Dunn, Girl Boss, Barnes and Noble Energy, and Sophia Amorosa is like Forever 21, Brandy Melville, Girl Boss Energy. (laughs) Brandy. Oh my gosh. I know it. Yeah, so Sophia Amorosa's got like a lot of, she's more familiar to me just because she was in LA, and I remember she got so much money back in the day when she had editorial articles, and people were talking about how she was basically doing- The new fashion darling. Did you watch her Netflix show? I watched the entire thing. I watched one episode. That's as far as I I could get. I'm still friends on Twitter with five people that we watched the whole Girl Boss series together. We're still friends. We went through, like, war together. We went through some deep shit together. It's like why we're friends, the Whispering Aliens. I know. It's just we've some been dark through, shit. We've, we've seen stuff online together, and just no one understands. It's just you and your three online friends that understand. Exactly. Like, at your level, what you've been through. I tried to, to tell my therapist about some online drama before, and someone who's barely online just once a month from someone very very online they think that you're a hacker no absolutely i me and my husband i think are too online because we'll speak to each other and just like it's coded language very few people understand it and yeah my therapist thankfully is online so (laughs) she can understand what i'm saying sophia amorosa yeah so then she yeah she got a ton of yeah she had a tv show she got a ton of VC money dumped into her, like all the other companies, you know, mm-hmm. um, like, like Bando and all those at that era. Oh my God. Yeah. All those companies. I'm like, where were we? We should have just started a shitty oh. t-shirt company. Why didn't like, I make a headband and then style it like my friends for <laughs> I also read Jen Gotch's book about her journey I read of her girl bossery. I, mean, I, I skimmed it. I read I did not like it. It wasn't. It was very self-indulgent. Yeah, I feel like a lot of her. She's an interesting person. I feel she's she seems she's very privileged. She seems very loved by her family. She had like that weird marriage where she just married a guy, and then and then uh, he went back to Australia, and that was it. Yeah, (laughs) and I don't know. I think for me, I what turned me off was. I, I was turned on by her, by her, like, vulnerability online. She posted, like, her crying photos, her emotions. And I was going through, like, a devastating breakup at the time with someone I lived with. I got it. And this when I started following Jen Gotch. Her emotions seemed so over-the-top, performative. And, and I feel bad for her. I didn't feel like, she, I don't, like, I didn't feel like in a malicious I way. I didn't feel like, a negative way towards her. Yeah. I felt like it was a desperate cry for help, and it was sad to watch it. Like, I still wear my necklace from her it's my depression necklace and i have an anxiety one and i liked how open she was about mental health but then finding out like all the stuff about the background and the company and the way she was running it you're like can't support this person but i do support your ethos what you brought to the company mm-hmm. but there are other people that are more positive or that are better role models for mental yeah. health than I mean, jen gosh you know disappointed about when all these like girl bosses fail to about what is disappointing to me is that how one person can take down all these people. There's all these people that are have jobs and have worked hard and have hustled and done all the things that all the girl bosses talk about. 
But then yeah. one that their top girl boss is the one that can just make them lose their job, lose their health benefits, just pull the rug from under them when all they did is you know, follow them. And like all those people that lose their job because of just shitty decisions made by these people at the top, just that's the thing that always gets me angry about these, just the repercussions that they never these really poor decisions make where they want to, they want to be the role model, but when they make bad, serious mistakes, they don't want to own up to it. It's just, Oh, I'm just a human. No, you've made yourself a role model. You've literally put yourself up. Rachel Hall, all these people have put themselves as role models. And it's not like you were a celebrity who wrote one, one song. Yeah. You wrote one song about whatever and people getting your driver's license. See, that's the thing with Rachel Hall is she built her whole company on becoming this role model, this happy married adopting a child that's undesirable and her heartbreak with her fostering and just wanting a daughter so bad but she wanted a daughter so bad she got enough money to afford one it's adopted her daughter is adopted yes it was a foster to adoption and then she also she builds this whole thing and then she comes with a video like i am relatable as fuck i don't want you to relate to me it's like you built your entire thing about being relatable and however this is attainable and you undid it in one video like, I know that TikTok is so, to- I, I know this word is overplayed, but toxic. Just the way she talks. horrifying. She's so, I've never seen someone so high on their own supply. You are so delusional that you are, imagine that's how she talks. She thinks that's okay to talk. Imagine how she talks to her employees or people in, in private. Like I say, my saying goes and say less. You don't have yes. to respond to everything. And that's what a lot of these people like undo them is they're not polished they're not professional you know what i mean there's a lot of people that help them get to where they are and they always forsake them or blame them when they mess up it's just how lana del rey's pr person wakes up every morning what fresh hell is going to happen today <laughs> so it's like with these people they're they're people bought into it so when they go off on their own on their ig it's oh okay you would never see jennifer aniston go live on her ig without seven people sitting around her with her script and what she has to say because you can't ruin your image and it's just i I don't know how she didn't go down the plagiarism i don't know how we let all this slide i mean so many people i I think the thing is that it's very online people things get blown up on twitter and it seems super important but in the mainstream it doesn't make a blip so like this like yeah and like I think there's so many people, like people like the Fat Jew and Fuck Jerry, they built their whole brands on stealing content. Plagiarism. I mean, yeah. people don't understand. There's still those people don't understand copyright and the creator rules, even online, very online people. They're always taking stuff. There's this whole, you know, in art, there's appropriation of what's okay and what's oh, not. Oh, absolutely. There's like the context. So I think a lot of these people just take advantage of these kind of muddy waters where they can just brush it up. They didn't like that plagiarism scam. That happened before, after she announced her divorce. It happened before because her first book has plagiarism in it. Oh, wow. All her books have been cited with plagiarism. She's apologized, apologized. And she issued four apologies for that TikTok video that were all terrible. And <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm re- what makes you think I want to be relatable, sis? Excuse me. I'm like, I wouldn't use sis. Like, I'm not I, your sis. I am a brown person. I barely say ever say sis. I'm like, no. I would just love for her to be like, Miha. <laughs> <laughs> baba like are you kidding me right now 
These are look, not your cultures. Like, look, Pucha. Like, between me and you, we're gonna... <laughs> let's, let's take off our hoops and fight. <laughs> yeah, I would just be like, I feel very attacked right now. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. So, what do we, so, yeah, what else? Did I, so, what do we think? What's next for her? She had that big New York Times article. That was, yeah, yeah damaging. Was like, so, I was like, I thought at six in the morning, I was like waiting till it was 9 a.m. so I could send it to you. <laughs> Oh, I'm awake at six in the morning. Don't oh, worry. Okay. All right. I'll start, <laughs> three no, I'll children. You so that, but I was just like, wow, she got because the New York, and it's written by Katie Rossman too, who does yeah. like a lot of influencer articles. So it's a big deal. And obviously her investors, people who are in the know will take whatever's written in the New York Times seriously. So, uh, which is hilarious, but. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it is. It's just like, if it does in the New York Times, then it's serious. for you. Exactly. They said peas and guacamole were okay. <laughs> they are the authority. <laughs> that, that, I feel very attacked with that too as well. <laughs> so Rachel Hollis hasn't posted since April 5th. The last thing she posted was her apology and it's at 15,000 comments. So Jeez. yeah, I, I think that she's put everything on hold for now. You know what my favorite tidbit from an article, though, about her that I was reading? Her husband had told her she had, like, less than a 3% shot at making something succeed. They didn't say what this thing was. And I think it was her book. And so when her, whatever this thing was, she succeeded in, she gave him a charm for her bracelet that said 3%. And then named their company, their producing company, 3% Chance to, like, fully dunk on him forever <laughs> that seems so unhealthy can you imagine <laughs> i mean i mean like, I, You're like, like... Gimmick, I like a gimmick and stuff but they've taken it too far to talk about and make it an antidote hey my husband didn't believe in me he dumped all his money in me so he did believe in me but he didn't believe in me like i don't know I, i'm really opposed to dunking your spouses in public i think and this is my personal philosophy i just think you keep your like family stuff because you know what, your whole, you know, whether you're a public figure or not, people are going to always speculate on your marriage, on your family, of on course. your life. So don't give them any more fuel. But it's, you're dunking on your spouse. You pick this person. <laughs> so. You're with them and you brag about your marriage. So I don't know, like I always cringe. So always oh, another thing. I'm, I noticed her husband moved on quickly with another influencer fitness influencer and he posted some gushing posts about her it's like how long could you have known her like she's just known each other from like influencer circles you know what i mean i think i'm sure he's successful they're all like in the same circles so i'm sure once they were single they're all at salt lake city doing a summit they're all at summits i'm just like what why are you all at summits all the time (laughs) what are you talking about I think it's funny, too, that Rachel Hollis is from California, and she's, she's on the California to Texas pipeline that a lot of bloggers seem to be on. Yeah. Um, it's just, and now, uh, what was I going to say? It's all about how they want to be more down-home and relatable so that their mason jars don't look out of place in Los Angeles. That's my theory. <laughs> I'm saying about, oh, what's my saying about leaving California is, like, you can leave California but you can never come back <laughs> people who leave California. It, it's economically. That's true. But unless you have like family here, 
so I can't even tell you how many times when I'm like, I mo- I was born and raised in the, one of the most expensive states and areas in the country. Then I moved to the mo- second or like first most expensive place in the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, what am I doing wrong here? <laughs> Why am I always broke? Why do I keep moving to like New York to LA? You're like, I moved from a high cost of living to very high cost of living. <laughs> I'm really into small apartments. <laughs> Yeah, and then we lived outside Chicago, which was so affordable. You're like, this is how the rest of the country lives. Like, I can't even houses, beautiful brand new homes. They're like McMansions made of like, you know, that press paper still. But (laughs) you're like, wow, this is $200,000. And I have four bedrooms, a basement. And I have the summer dog with a bone about all people like yelling about how people are leaving California because it's unaffordable. It's terrible here. And finally, the data came out recently because there's all those like clickbait articles like everyone's leaving California for Texas and Tennessee. See why? It's a bye. <laughs> it's like bye. Yeah, See? I'm like goodbye. I'm like thank you. Like no for relieving the traffic. <laughs> but it turns out I read this article and they did the research and it wasn't that more. Most people in California aren't moving out of state. They're moving from the cities to the burbs or the country because during the pandemic they decide people decide oh I want to live in a house. Or like, yeah. So a lot of people just moved from San Francisco and then a lot of people went fully remote. Their companies went remote forever. So they're like, yeah. I'm going to move from San Francisco where I'm renting a, you know, a studio for $3,800 and just get a mortgage for $2,500 out. Exactly. That's why we live in the desert. My husband does work in the desert, but he doesn't work. He works at home. Yeah. We, it's just, we get more bang for our buck out here. We're still in Southern oh, yeah. California. I can drive to LA. It's not a big deal, but it's, Truly, the pandemic, I was like, okay, it's nice to have a big pool. I was living in a condo up until just before the pandemic, and we were trying to buy a house, and then we bought this house that we're living in. We moved in like a week before lockdown, and I swear, if I was in that condo, I would be <laughs> in the, I'd be 5150. You're in LA County on one of those spooky floors they don't use anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in like whatever that abandoned hospital Loma Vista that they use. I'm in there. I'm. They're like shooting Grey's Anatomy around you. Yeah, basically. Because so I get it, but I just love this. There's this mentality that California is terrible. That's all those people who left California. It's like stop, stop being obsessed with us. Why are you so obsessed with me? Leave me alone. Left, yeah please. she is definitely that i feel like all these influencers they're either la based austin based salt lake city based yeah there's a big tradition of blogging in the mormon culture to spread part of their i think one of their pillars like spread the word which i get but and they're they, all very entrepreneurial yeah. i feel like for the most part they stay in their lane they do they're not like rachel hollis over here like one of them i follow Al- the allison show she stays in her lane. She did the most controversial thing she did was say she voted for Hillary. Oh, <laughs> oh, Gasp. But she's pretty much like, I'm over here spreading positivity, but if it's not your thing, I'm also sad too. <laughs> what is like, Rachel? Do we know what Rachel Hall said? She done any like social justice stuff? Did she try to? Absolutely none. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> none. Not whatsoever. Nothing. I looked yeah. up. I seriously looked. She still calls her followers her tribe. Ooh. Yeah, she's she calls her whole group the Sheik tribe. And my tribe members. So, <laughs> so it, it had to be like, do you think that 
also they get a boost from like a celebrity who posts their book or because I feel like Reese Witherspoon might have been on the Rachel Hollis bandwagon. Oh, they must. Because she was she must be connected with Disney, like through her husband, and I'm sure she did like partnership. And we've got like Prince Harry and like hustling on Disney for his wife. Imagine interesting. So Rachel Hollis, I I don't want to follow her on Instagram. Like I don't want to actually give her a follow, but I'm gonna start um, creeping on her once in a while because I want to see what she does next. Because like then your time Me too. is really gonna. I mean, what does she can she do? So essentially, she makes her money from books. She's got a few podcasts. Books, podcasts, she does summits. She does conferences, like encounter, like engagement encounters, like they used to do. So she does those where people pay like up to $1,800 for these weekend retreats to listen to her and her husband talk, or I don't know, not him anymore, but for her to give their speech, her motivational speeches, buy her merch because she has a planner line and all that. It's called Start Today. She's got like the planners. She's got like all the tchotchke with her borrowed content on it. so she does have a lot of revenue streams That's, that is i will give her that as a good positive girl boss thing she's diversified that, yeah she diversified her portfolio of projects despite her jackassery of <laughs> throughout all this time she's still able to support her family so that is a good businesswoman i'm sure those alimony checks are gonna be I wonder. It's going to be interesting. because I, I feel like she's going to be paying him alimony. Yeah, I wonder. That's going to be interesting. interesting. He already separated and is a host of a podcast with the same name, but she's gone from it now. I know who like, Rachel Hulse is going to go after, Bill Gates. That's the only one. <laughs> he's got to go up. I don't know. I think there's too much Epstein <laughs> collateral for her. Well, Bill Gates was involved with Epstein? Girl, he's on those flight logs, and I feel like the reason they're getting divorced is because Melinda knows too much, and she doesn't want to know any more, and she's just like, her her silence is going to be very pricey. Oh, Did you're going to go down a deep hole oh, after God. this. Did you hear that he gifted her $2 billion on the day of their divorce announcement? Yeah, that's to buy her silence. Oh my God. I didn't know yeah. what we okay. were talking about it last night. There's this like VH1 thing that they're trying to scrub from the internet where they profiled Epstein. Okay, I thought the most scandalous part of his divorce so far was that he made his, well, Melinda, his soon-to-be ex-wife, when they got married, agreed to allow him to spend a weekend with his ex-girlfriend <laughs> uh, once a year in the Outer Banks at her beach house. And his ex-girlfriend, she's, she's actually... a the original Silicon Valley girl boss. She helped build Silicon Valley. She's married to a private investigator who is the brother of Kevin Klein, the actor. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> her, <laughs> my God, her, her yeah. husband, the private investigator is fine with her spending a weekend once a year with Bill Gates. Apparently, they have this arrangement where they just go on mopeds and hang out. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's what I would do with my ex, too. Go on mopeds. Like, who <laughs> I, I still know. have to work into like my marriage. Whole, yeah, just Google Bill Gates, ex-girlfriend, <laughs> Outer Banks, and you will you will hear the story. Who's pining over Bill, Bill Gates for him, not his money. Like, <laughs> this I mean, girl he, must be love if she made her own he coin. He's chill, like, for... 
I'll say out of all the, let's say we had to F. Mary kill Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. You got to kill Elon Musk. Like every time right, Elon I'm Musk gonna, dies. <laughs> I don't know. I think I want to kill Bezos. <laughs> it's just between the two of them that always got to die because I, I hate the, it, that, like okay, it, my hatred you, vacillates okay, so of who more. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> See, look at, I'm going to fuck Elon. I'm going to marry Bill Gates and I'm going to kill Bezos. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't look at that face, that wonky eye. <laughs> Okay, so what does she do next, though? Because I think that's the cliffhanger. It's like, where do you go from here? Because she canceled her huge summit. So how do you recover from that? How do you dispense advice and positivity after you're divorced, you're completely canceled? The New York Times writes about how you're toxic. What do you like? What do you do after that? Is it going to be like a what's that makeup artist with the lipstick that got all chunky? (laughs) Jacqueline. Oh, two series about what Rachel Hollis will do. One is that she will decide to come back quietly, do summits, but only for she'll make it super exclusive because she knows she won't appeal to like the masses. So she'll do super exclusive small events that are expensive and she'll do those privately and make it very, very waitlisty, very coveted. So only her most rabid fans will get in and pay for it. Or my other theory is she'll just stay quiet until she's dating someone new or does something crazy moves like buys a house announcement she loves like. a grand entrance yeah <laughs> so if she all of a sudden she's gonna get her boobs done or maybe she gets plastic surgery or maybe she does something she's gonna do something meet someone new move across the country she's gonna do something to disrupt her life and that's gonna be like my old life i'm shedding my old life that wasn't right for me and that's why it ended and this is my new life oh god and then force her husband to relocate with now he's going to be married to this fitness model with all her kids. And then he's just going to be fitness like, model live? does she live in Texas too? I think she lives in San Diego. Oh, geez. Maybe she lives in Texas. Whatever. I think they're she lives in San Diego though. Yeah. They're, they're all they rich. Can, they can all just go on little private jets back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping it's a, a botched plastic surgery. Fingers crossed. It'll probably be like she's moving to like Nashville. New. Like new Austin. So what oh do you think? Ra- what do you think Rachel's going to get up to? What do you think is going to be her? Her. I feel like she's going to have to go in like a more product based model because she can't shut the fuck up. She's going to write some book about girls. Shut your mouth. Something like that about how she her realization of her privilege blah 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 and her apology to her and i think that's and i really hope that doesn't happen i hope that she just goes away and just understands her time's over if she does that she gets to get get a way better ghostwriter for all that money oh my gosh her books would be way better they're terrible they're like some girl who loves pumpkin spice lattes and tall boots who's just writing her stream of consciousness while listening to i don't even know what does she listen to pop country yes chuggy rachel hollis is very chuggy she's in that (laughs) she loves it she calls it tarjay and come out she's gonna come out and be like look my old, I'm Chuggy, and that's how Chuggy bitches <laughs> act. We act like this. So. <laughs> exactly. 
Oh God, no! Or she's gonna have an Instagram live with her housekeeper, her lovely sweet housekeeper, to talk about oh privilege. God. Which can you even imagine? Like her being on like Jada Pinkett's red table. She does. <laughs> she needs to come to the red table. I really uh, don't. Do not put your housekeeper on live. She's so deranged. Uh, also, do I have to say I really resent the way she's like? I have a lady come and clean my toilets. There's something to the way that you, she says that. You have someone clean your house. I don't know. It's almost like embarrassing to say not on the she, way. Not it's like, demeaning not. on purpose. Yeah. Like, I have someone clean my toilet. I would never clean my own toilet now. I'm too good for that. So I have to hire someone to clean my toilets. I know, but there's no one that specifically comes over and cleans your toilets. It's just a weird, <laughs> just a weird distinction to make. You could have just said, I have a housekeeper. You're like, I, I'm a very busy woman, and there's just so many ways to frame. I'm just really busy with a kid. I've got four kids. I'm going through a divorce. I'm running this company by myself now, and I need someone to help me just keep the house clean. And everyone can relate to that. That's not relatable. I have someone come in and clean my toilets because I'm <laughs> amazing. Because I'm Harriet Tubman. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. Harriet Tubman, RBG. <laughs> I'm Harriet Tubman, and Harriet Tubman had famously had people cleaning her toilets. Yeah. Just, just we all know this, right? <laughs> the fuck honestly 